This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Bibas, episode number 45, Monday Momentum. I don't know what you heard, but <laughs> she runs the show. Have you ever had to start over? Not the the new job or a new house or a new car, but really, really start over like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Have you ever found yourself in a place where the life you thought you had and the life you thought you knew somehow disappeared and now you are trying to figure out how to rebuild everything in what seemed to go away overnight? If you've ever been in the place of really needing to start over, of having to start over whether you wanted to or not, you're going to want to check out my latest book. It's called Begin Again, 32 Ways to Release the Fear of Starting Over. And it's available on Amazon Kindle. So you can go to my author profile, amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Cassandra Bibas and dive into the book. Because in the book, I talk about why it's so hard for most of us to begin again. What we can do to make the process maybe not easier, but simpler and more effective, and how we can really release the fear that comes anytime we are put in a position in life to start again. Because what gets in the way of starting over is not the actual starting over process. It's the fear we have about it. So be sure to pick up my book, Begin Again, 32 Ways to Release the Fear of Starting Over on Amazon. Find me at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Cassandra Bibas. Let's get ready to begin again. Hello, hello, everybody. Cassandra Bibas here. Welcome to She Runs the Show. We are now at episode number 45. Welcome to a brand new week. Okay, so it's been an interesting last couple of weeks. I, I got to tell you, I'm still trying to figure out how to balance writing one Kindle ebook a week with marketing those books, with doing the podcasting, with adding in Periscope. For sure, it is a lot. So I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. I will I will let you know when I do. I think it, it begins with deciding what's most important. And, uh, you know, I love the podcast. And so that's important to me for my own personal reasons. But it may be that this uh, show goes down to one episode a week. I'm not sure yet. So we'll see. But I do have some great interviews coming up for you in September. Uh, some amazing guests who are going to really just blow you away. And for the month of August, we're going to still be in solo round, so solo episodes. And today is going to be an awesome one because I'm talking to you about something that I think as women entrepreneurs, I don't know that we do this so well. And in episode 45, we're talking about how to know when it's time to burn a bridge. I know even saying burn a bridge doesn't feel very good, does it? No, because you know what they say, you know, never, never burn bridges. You might have to walk over them again or something like that. Yeah. So Today's episode, that's what we're talking about, how to know when it's time to burn a bridge. And by the end of today's episode, you're going to learn, number one, why most people fear burning bridges. We're going to get into the fear. I'm a fear to fuel expert. I talk to people every day about how to turn their fear into courage. We are going to talk about why most people fear burning bridges. We're also going to talk about 
the three signs that it's time to burn a bridge. There are signs. It's not burning a bridge isn't something that you do in the moment. They're really it's a buildup. And there are signs that it is time to actually burn that bridge. By the end of today's episode, you're going to learn the four boundaries that you must set up if you're really going to sever the relationship. That's what we mean when we say burn a bridge, right? We mean that uh, there's no going back. It's done. There's just no going back. And, And it will not be the way that it was. And it will not be any other kind of way. There's just no going back. And then by the end of today's episode, you're going to learn how to keep yourself from regretting the burnt bridge or groveling back to the other side. And I think as women entrepreneurs, that's probably the thing that keeps us from burning bridges that need to be burnt. We don't want to have to need that individual or that partnership or that relationship in a future point. And so we hold on to it, even at a distance, because we're kind of like, but what if I need that person again? Or what if I have to go back to them for something again? And you know, to begin the episode, there's a, a, a quote that I found, and I'm not sure who wrote it, it was anonymous on Pinterest, but it, it was so powerful because I don't think we look at burning bridges this way. And the quote says, may the bridges I burn light the way. And I want you to think about that for a second, because so often we think that we're burning bridges and it's destroying something. It's ending an era. It's, it's you know, forever undoing a possibility that could have been a possibility if we hadn't burnt the bridge. But if we flip the script and we look at it as, may the bridges I burn light the way, then what we're really saying is, I am removing from my space the people, situations, and circumstances that do not align with where I'm going and what I need so that I can open up the space for those that do. So, As we talk about this today, remember, may the bridges I burn light the way because they can and they will if you allow that experience to be that. So let's talk about why most people fear burning bridges. And, you know, I talk a lot about in in all of my books, I talk about overcoming specific fears. So whether it's the fear of starting over, begin again, whether it's the fear of recurrent miscarriage because you've had a miscarriage, you're pregnant again, and you're afraid, whether it's the, you know, uncovering what your real fears are, you know, you can check out all of my books at overcomingfearbooks.com. That's overcomingfearbooks.com. But I write about this every single day. How do you turn your fear into fuel? or your fear into courage. And one of the first things you've got to do in order to really use your fear and not let your fear use you is you've got to understand what fears you're actually dealing with. Because a lot of people think they're dealing with core fears when what they're really focusing on is surface fears and surface fears are not the same thing as core fears. So let's really dive into this before we talk about how to burn a bridge or when to burn a bridge. Let's talk about why most people fear burning bridges, especially as women entrepreneurs. You know, we are connection builders. We're collaborators. We like to meet other people, build connections, build relationships, network. So when you think as a woman entrepreneur about burning bridges, it doesn't feel very good because it's kind of like, but doesn't that negate the whole point of me connecting with my tribe and building my business? Not necessarily. So let's talk about why most people fear burning bridges. Number one, most people fear burning bridges because they're afraid that they'll need that person again. And, you know, this is not a 
a surface fear. Um, I wouldn't quite call it a core fear, but there is some, some reality to that. So if you're going to burn bridges in your family, I would highly recommend against that because there is a pretty high likelihood that at some point you're going to need at least some of them at some point. You know, there's there are places in your life where burning a bridge and severing the tie completely makes sense. But there are also places in your life where maybe distance is better than burning a bridge. And the reality is that one of the fears about burning bridges is that you're afraid you're going to need that person again. Now, a lot of the times we do this with partners. We do this with clients. You know, you have a client that is sucking the soul right out of you and you're afraid to fire them because you think you might need them as a client again. That's a revenue stream issue. That's not really a burning bridge issue because in your business, if you have multiple streams of revenue and that client isn't your main client, then you're not afraid to burn the bridge with that person. So, one of the fears that people have when they burn bridges is that they're afraid that they're going to have to cross over the bridge again. They've burnt it. You know, they're going to need that person again. Another th reason people fear burning bridges is that they're afraid that they can't stand on their own two feet. You know, a lot of this comes from when people mentor you and they help you and, you know, you just feel indebted to them. You feel like, you know, they showed me the ropes. How can I burn a bridge with somebody who is responsible for making me into what I've become? A, that's false thinking. Nobody's responsible for making you anything. And B, uh, there's a season to all relationships. Sometimes the season is a lifetime. Sometimes it's two days. Sometimes it's two minutes. You don't want to have any key relationship be a two minute season, but you've kept it for 20 years. So part of it is there are some uh, bridges you need to burn simply because one of your soul lessons, one of your life lessons may be that you have to learn that you can stand on your own two feet. And if that person remains, and here's the thing, there's a difference between having a mentor who like an eagle pushes you out of the nest and having a mentor who thrives on the control they have over you and is constantly reminding you that you can't operate without them. See, two, both might mentor you, but both have very different agendas as to why they're doing that. So again, one of the fears that people have about burning bridges is that they're not going to be able to stand on their own two feet. Another fear that people have when burning bridges is that they're afraid that what they do to another person will come back to them. You know how you always say, life is a boomerang. What you throw out comes back to you. And it's true. What you give out comes back to you. But I think sometimes we misconstrue this. When you're burning a bridge, you are not, and I would hope, you know, let me back up for a second. In uh, one of her books, Marianne Williamson says, never abandon a person when you're leaving. And I want you to think about that because she's not just talking about in relationships. Never abandon a person when you're leaving. When The way that you burn a bridge is so critical. And if you burn a bridge by abandoning a person, if you burn a bridge in a vindictive, uh, manipulative way, yeah, you can expect some stuff to come back your way because the way you handled burning the bridge is exactly what you're going to get back. But the mere burning of the bridge doesn't mean that your life is a boomerang, you're going to get back bad stuff. It just means that if you are burning a bridge because you are saying, I deserve more, 
I value myself, I love myself highly, then the burning of the bridge is an act of self-love. And what you're sending out is an act of self-love that comes in the form of burning a bridge, but it's going to come back to you as self-love. So I think far too often people are afraid that the burning of the bridge is going to bring into their lives, somebody burning a bridge with them when that's not, it's really about the intention behind it and how you handle doing it. If you burn a bridge vindictively, if you burn a bridge and you're abandoning, abandoning the person while you're leaving, well, yeah, you know, you, you might see some of that come back. Uh, but if you can do the burning of the bridge in a compassionate, loving, firm way, then what you're really doing is you're sending out self-love, you're st sending out self-respect, and that's what you're going to be getting back. Another fear that people have when they burn bridges is this. They're afraid that they'll look back, you know, at some point later in their life, you know, 20 years, 30 years down the road, and wish that they hadn't burned the bridge. And that's because you've probably been around enough people who have tons of regrets later in life. And so you go, uh, I don't want to end up like them. I don't want to regret this. And that's why you really don't burn a bridge until you're 100% sure that this is what you need to do. I mean, I think there is something to not burning a bridge when you are in a, a place of emotional upheaval, either when you're angry with the person or you're frustrated with the situation. When you're going to burn a bridge, you need to do it from the most calm, compassionate, peaceful place you can, not in the heat of the moment, not when you're thoroughly pissed off. You do it from a different place and from a different space so that you don't look back 20 years from now and wish that you had handled it a different way. And again, this still goes back to fear number three. Because if you're burning the bridge in the right way and you're not doing it vindictively, you're not doing it, you know, really savoring the other person's pain or shock or, you know, unhappiness about the situation, you're not going to regret it later. You're going to say this, what I did by burning that bridge was what was best for both of us. So it's important to keep that in mind. Now let's talk about the three signs that it's time to burn a bridge. And, you know, we all know the signs. I mean, we all know them. And I think we feel them before we recognize and see them. But it, it helps to just say what they are so that now that you've heard it from me, you can't really deny it, you know, because when we when it's time to burn a bridge, we know we just kind of pretend like we don't know. So sign number one, that it's time to burn a bridge. The other person shows absolute disregard and disrespect to you and treats you consistently in this way. So let's say you don't want to burn the bridge. You want to rebuild a relationship, a partnership, a client relationship, um, and you're doing everything that you can to openly communicate how you feel, openly communicate what you need. You're, you know, you're, you're meeting the person halfway. You're doing everything that you know how to do. And the reality is, it's just not working. Like none of it's working. The other person might say to you in the moment, yeah, 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 I'll change, but then they don't. Or yeah, 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 I'll think about that, but then they don't. They keep going back and disregarding all of the efforts you're making to meet them halfway. And they show you a lot of disrespect because they're treating you consistently in the way that you keep telling them it's not okay to treat you in. That's a sign that it's time to burn a bridge. And it's, it's hardest f for this one when it's family, because when it's family, it, 
oftentimes extends beyond you and that other person and oftentimes takes on a way bigger repercussion when you do eventually burn the bridge. So you do have to be careful with this. But if you've had conversation after conversation, if you've tried to meet the person halfway and if they're still showing you absolute disregard and disrespect and they're treating you consistently in the way that you keep asking them not to, especially if it's clients, especially if it's partnerships, then yes, it's time to burn a bridge. And I would say if that's happening over at least a period of a year's time. I mean, I think when you ask people to change, you know, the first three to six months can be rocky or they can be perfect. But after six months, true colors always come through. So give it a year, which I know feels like a long time, but it it really isn't when it comes to asking for people to change behavior. Sign number two, you've asked for change and the other person refuses to do it. You know, sometimes um, you get folks that are really bold in, in letting you know very openly, very honestly, that they are not going to cater to anything you need. You have clients who will tell you you need to meet them, talk with them, work with them on their terms or else. You have partners who tell you, I'm the one who put in half the money. We're going to do it my way or else. You have relationship partners who tell you, I don't care if you're crying and you need this. It's my way or the highway. I can find somebody else. Never... And and what we tend to do, especially women, I don't know why we do this. We tend to not believe them when they tell us these things. You know, we tend to be like, oh, they'll, you know, they'll, they're, they're just being a little stubborn. They'll see the way. No, no, no. Believe what people show you and believe what people tell you, especially when what they tell you is backed up by what they show you. When somebody refuses, I mean, literally says to you, what you want is ridiculous. I think you're being a baby about this and you just need to suck it up and deal. That's a sign that you need to burn a bridge. I'm just saying. Sign number three that it's time to burn a bridge. Uh, this is a painful one. It's time to burn a bridge if someone has betrayed you beyond the point of no return. It, this is painful and it's tricky uh, because each person's point of no return is going to be different. So uh, some people exist in marriages and one of the individuals cheats and they rebuild the marriage and everything is wonderful. And maybe the cheating is not a point of no return for for one or both of those spouses. For another marriage, if somebody cheats, it's overdone, the door is slammed, no coming back, finito. So again, this sign is tricky because only you know your point of no return. And oftentimes what uh, we do, especially as women, is we um, we extend our point of no return. It's really important not to do that because if you're taking it and taking it and taking it, eventually one day you're going to explode and you're going to burn the bridge really badly, like really badly. So just remember, Identify what your point of no return is, and you'll know it's time to burn the bridge when that person has betrayed you beyond the point of no return. That doesn't mean you don't forgive them, but again, forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. I could spend a whole episode talking about that. In fact, I I ought to write a book about that piece. But again, betrayed you beyond the point of no return. That's the third sign. Now let's talk about four boundaries that you must set up if you're really going to sever the relationship. Four boundaries that you must set up if you're really going to sever the relationship. Number one, cut off all security access. I'm being super tactical here. This is tactical stuff. Like people, you know, start talking and burning bridges verbally, but they don't do any of the back groundwork that needs to be done. If you are going to burn a bridge with somebody, A, do not 
verbally burn the bridge without handling your business on the back end. And here's the back end. Four boundaries that you need to set up. Number one, before you go tell somebody that you're burning a bridge with them and it's done and over with, especially in business, especially when there are partnerships and security stuff and and money and bank account and all of this kind of stuff, cut off all security access. Passwords to emails, passwords to, you know, base camp. Um, financial accounts, check with your lawyer about this because I don't know how it works if your partner's in the business. But again, check with your lawyer, but whatever you need to secure in terms of access and privacy and security, you need to do that before you have the conversation. Second boundary that you need to set up if you're really going to sever and burn the bridge, cut off all financial ties. This especially applies in business when you're partners. Uh, if you don't want to be partners with your with the person you're in business with any longer, you need lawyers involved. You need to separate the assets. There are th- I mean, you need to get a it is a process. So, uh you really want to before you actually burn the bridge, you want to get the advice of legal counsel and accountants and CPAs so that they can tell you wh- how do you have that conversation financially and how do you handle that well so it doesn't blow up in your face and then you end up with a lawsuit. So cut all financial ties, another boundary that you've got to set up. The third boundary that you need to set up if you're really going to sever the relationship is cut off all communication access. Really, from the point that you have the burn the bridge conversation for at least six months after that, you know, not so much in business, but people make this mistake a lot in relationships. You burn the bridge, you end the relationship romantically, and then you're still texting that person and you're still on Google chat with that person. You're still Facebook friends. No, 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 no. If you really want to be over this situation, if you really want to clear the space so that something new can show up, you've got to cut off all communication access at l- for at least six months after. And I would say longer, depending on how long you've been in that relationship, you really need to, you need time. You need time to be alone. You need time to enjoy your own company. You need time to process. You need time to grieve. You cannot grieve what's gone if it's not really gone. The person's still in your face on Facebook and Google and Twitter and everywhere else. You can't, you don't really have the space to grieve what's gone. So cut off all communication access for at least six months and then remove all memorabilia. I mean, you know, memorabilia has a way of just carrying that person's energy or that situation's energy. And I'm not saying burn it. I'm just saying, put it in a box, put it in a closet for right now until you've had enough space from it that you can be impartial to it. So four boundaries, cut off all security access, cut off all financial ties. Please consult your lawyer and your CPA before you do that. Cut off all communication access and remove all memorabilia. Now, let's talk about how to keep yourself from regretting the burnt bridge or groveling back to the other side. Because a lot of people go... I really want to burn this bridge, like really seriously, but I, what if I regret it? What if I, what if I end up just groveling back anyway? Because let's be honest, many people have, many people have been there, done that. It sucks. Here's the deal. If you want to keep yourself from regretting the burnt bridge or groveling back to the other side, this is what you need to focus. This is what you need to do. Number one, focus on why this is happening. I think a lot of people get weak at the end because they're only looking back and grieving over the good stuff, but they're not really keeping their focus on 
Why did I do this? Why did I burn this bridge? Why was it necessary to go this route? Focus on the why this is happening so you stay very strong in your resolve to keep the the bridge burnt. Secondly, give yourself credit for the attempts you made to avoid this. You know, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. I don't think we acknowledge how much we actually put up with before we burnt the bridge. I don't know many people who just burn bridges lightly, who just go, oh, you're not doing what I want you to do today. Burnt. Oh, I don't really like how you're behaving today. I don't know a lot of people who just go around day in and day out burning bridges. For most people, they do everything they possibly can to avoid burning the bridge until they get to a point where there is just like they are literally by the universe being forced to burn that bridge. So give yourself credit for the attempts that you made to avoid burning the bridge. Here's another thing you can do to keep from regretting the burnt bridge or groveling back to the other side. Maintain distance for at least six months. A year would be better. So literally you need that distance that I talked about in terms of boundary setting. You need it because when you're feeling sappy and alone and you're grieving in the first couple of months, it's so easy to go back to whatever that situation is, especially when things come up that you now handle alone that let's say in a business you used to handle with your partner. Then you start getting all like, oh, I wish they were here and oh, they would help me order the inventory and they'd help me do that. And then you get grovelly. Don't do that. Maintain distance for at least six months. A year is way better. Here's something else you can do. Keep a strong support system of people around you. So This is also a pre-burn the bridge thing. I think very often, especially as women entrepreneurs, we're used to doing solo, like we're used to doing it on our own. And there is a strength to that, but there's also a weakness because if we're so used to doing everything on our own, then we haven't really spent time cultivating a strong support system of people around us. So when we finally burn the bridge with maybe the business partner or the business mentor who was our key go-to person, who was our support system, and there was only us and them, then we're kind of out in the universe alone. We're kind of like, I don't have any friends. I don't have any mentors. I don't have, you know, a group of entrepreneurs I can count. Like, and then you have the tendency to want to go back to that one person because you isolated yourself with just that person. So it's really important before you burn the bridge to build a strong support system that you can lean on after you burn the bridge. It it reduces the amount or the likelihood that you're going to actually go back and regret burning the bridge. And finally, you know, if you want to keep yourself from regretting the burnt bridge or groveling back, get re-engaged with other aspects of your life. So if you're burning a bridge with a business partner, what are you doing in terms of your self-care? If you're burning a bridge in a relationship, what dreams or goals are you pursuing that are just yours? Like get re-engaged with other aspects of your life. And, you know, I want to end this by just saying that, We all have burnt bridges that we wish we didn't burn. And we all have burnt bridges that we wish we'd burn sooner. And the reality of things is at the end of the day, you're not going to know, you're really not going to know how all of this is going to play out until you actually take the action that you need to take. And at the end of the day, if there was one piece of advice, because I've burned bridges both ways that I could give you, it's this, Uh, energy doesn't lie. Energy doesn't lie. Trust your vibe. Trust your intuition. It knows. And if you're coming from a higher place, you will not burn a bridge vindictively. If you're coming from your higher self, you will not burn a bridge prematurely. The only time that happens is when you're really, really like in the moment frustrated, 
operating off of emotion, all up in your ego, like just making decisions before you've really thought them through. If you're operating from your higher self, you will think through the decision of burning the bridge. You will look at all of the options. You will try to do everything to avoid needing to do it. And then at the end of the day, you will still come to the conclusion that this bridge needs to be burned. And then you will do it with the honor, respect, and dignity that it deserves. And you will not back down and you will not bow out and you will not grovel back. That's the difference between burning a bridge the right way and burning a bridge the wrong way. And, you know, here's my final thought. When you've burned a bridge, it's so important to keep moving forward. Keep it moving. And one of my favorite quotes says this, don't look back. You're not going that way. Don't look back. You're not going that way. So once you've done it, like own it and then keep it moving. Don't look back. You're not going that way. All right, everybody, She Runs the Show, episode number 45. I will talk to you next episode.